In this episode, we wade out there with James Manning. James is a firefighter, fly fisherman, and photographer in the New York area. We discuss James's passion for storytelling through photography, some of the common threads between photography and fly fishing, and the Upper Delaware River. Welcome to the Wade Out There Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Shemchuk. At Wade Out There, we believe fly fishing is special, but not elite, and that anyone can become a great fly fisher if they are willing to go, learn, and teach. Join me as I talk with other fly fishermen and women about their unique journeys into fly fishing, the rivers they fish, and the tactics and philosophies they practice. For those who can never leave the river in their hearts, this podcast is dedicated to helping you make the memories that keep us all coming back to wait out there. Welcome, James. Thanks for being on the Wait Out There podcast. Can't wait to talk to you today. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah. When I saw your work in photography, um, I was just blown away. And I want to talk about uh, your style and how you do it and things like that uh, throughout the show. But I just got to start with, it, it's just amazing. And I and I really um, I can't wait to tell people about it and, uh, and talk and find out how you do it and why you do it. But um, before I do that, I want to just say thanks. You're a firefighter, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. Out in uh, New York by the Bronx. Is that correct? So I'm in the city of New Rochelle. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of just above New York City, so to speak, just above the Bronx. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a tough job. And uh, I just have tremendous respect for for you and your brothers and sisters that are doing that type of thing. So anyway, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. No, I, I greatly appreciate it. It's, it's it, my pleasure. Trust me. It must, uh, I don't know if, if, if it, does it help you with your, what you're doing in photography and fly fishing and stuff like that? Is that job well suited for that type of thing? Um, I mean, it can be, uh, for someone, for me personally, um, it is because, you know, so we do a 24 hour schedule. So we're, we're working for 24 hours straight and then we get a few days off. So it, it is helpful in that sense, but the other side of it, which I really didn't realize was happening until, you know, it was, I was in the middle of it is that, you know, it's, it, it can be a very difficult job, um, not just physically, but mentally. Right. So sometimes you, you need, you find yourself like needing that release, you know, and everyone has their own ways of, you know, getting their mind off of things and clearing their head. And for me, it's always been, through getting into my passion, you know, photography and and fly fishing. So it has kind of pushed me to do those things more um, just in that sense. Yeah, I understand. I mean, there's so many people I talk to on the show and just in general that, that say that fly fishing has helped them with, you know, not even necessarily like really really heavy, deep PTSD type stuff, but just like a release, like you said, mentally kind of getting away from things. And I'm sure your job definitely has its, uh, has its fair share of that type of thing that would, that would warrant that. Is it the photography or the fly fishing that you went to first for that release? Or can you talk a little bit about how you got started in, uh, in either one of those or which happened first? Sure. Um, so fly fishing happened first. Um, my dad, kind of, he, he started me out. Um, he's a, 
for lack of a better word, a big fisherman. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I started out spin fishing when I was probably, you know, five years old and my brother and I would hang out with him and he'd take us to all kinds of spots around New York. And, you know, then it sort of progressed. I remember the first time I saw a fly rod, I was in the Adirondacks and we were, we were actually on a, a little, in a little canoe on a, on a pond and he stood up and started casting this thing. And I was like, what the hell is this thing? He surprised he, you with it. <laughs> he surprised me with it, but I, I wasn't allowed to, I wasn't allowed to mess around with it. I mean, I was, shoot, I was probably like eight, you know? So then I was just intrigued, like, well, what is this? You know, and I could see this dry fly at the time. I didn't know what it was, you know? And, sure. and I saw this trout come up and take it. And then it was like the, the style behind it was so different than, you know, the spin rod that I was, starting to get kind of used to um and so i just really wanted to to do it and then i think i was about 10 maybe 10 or 11 the first time you know he took me out and um gave me a fly rod of course i didn't know what the hell i was doing um sometimes sometimes i still don't know if i know what i'm doing you know with you know we just learn so much as we go but uh oh yeah yeah so so that's kind of where the fly fishing started and as soon as i I got into it. Um, it was all over. It was all through, all through school and, and, uh, all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I did it, um, you know, all through high school, I would fish as much as I could. Um, I would, you know, ask guys, I'd try to find people in school that, that fly fished, although there weren't a ton of guys, um, you know, doing it, but you know, you end up meeting people even before the age of social media, you met people that had similar interests and, Right. I was fortunate enough to to know some older guys that had driver's licenses that would that were into fly fishing. So then I'd, I'd hitch rides with them to wherever they were going, whether it was, you know, Upper Westchester or um, to the Catskills, and and it kind of just opened this whole world to me. And it, you know, it it ended up becoming a lot more than just the fish. But like, you know, the days that you'd spend on the river, it, it was like it was just like nothing I'd ever kind of experienced before, you know, the whole element and just the mindset, like the feeling you get when you're there is it's, it's just, it's not real sometimes, you know, it's like this, this fake world that we get to go into and be a part of that's, you know, unfortunately not everyone gets to, to experience, but uh, yeah, it just lit a fire. It lit a fire for me. And, and, you know, I've, I've had breaks in life where I didn't really fish a ton. Um, after high yeah. school, I moved to Hawaii for a while and I was, nice. yeah. So I was surfing a lot. I also <laughs> started surfing when I was young, um, in Long Beach, Long Island. So I would kind of bounce between the two worlds. Um, but I think fly fishing has always sort of been paramount. Um, James yeah. Manning, fly fishing, surfing, firefighter. I like yeah. it. <laughs> photographer that's awesome man you're living a good life man it's yeah you know i mean it's uh, it's it's definitely a good life but you know there's there were times where it wasn't the greatest and and you know like everybody else you know you go through good times and bad but it's just you got to just break your ass to get out of the bad times and get back to the good and um you know focus on on being in those moments and you know chasing the shit out of things that you want and not listening to any of the kind of the bullshit that comes down the pipeline along the way. 
So, I yeah, I agree, man. My father also introduced me to the outdoors and fishing with spinning rigs, but not really fly fishing. He's from Kenilworth, New Jersey, by the way. Mm-hmm. My whole family's from back east. So gotcha. they ro- rooted around in New Jersey when he was a kid and um, a little bit in the Poconos. But it's such a gift that he gave me as a youngster, you know, because the what you mentioned about how special it is for you and this otherworldly place, I think in hindsight, you just trigger this in my brain. It was really special, especially for someone that age, you know, for somebody in their, the teenage years, you know, where you're the ability to get away from, from your peer group a little bit and to be in nature and to really think and be alone with yourself. I think it, I have two kids now, a son Mm -hmm. and a daughter, daughter just got here, but I, I look forward to, giving them that experience because in hindsight, it's so obvious at the time I didn't realize it. But when you just described, I'm like, yes, that, that had a big impact in the way that I developed and thought about things and thought about myself and what I valued and things like that. And it's just that time alone. I think sometimes that is all you need. And fly fishing gives you the reason to go be in that place and be alone. Yeah. It's like you're learning stuff that you didn't really think you were going to learn. And you, you know, you realize stuff you never, you didn't set out to, to realize, you know, maybe it's the other way around, but (laughs) it's the chicken or the egg or, uh, what about the photography then? When did you introduce that? Did you go to school for that? I mean, you look like it's it's tip top and we're going to talk more about it, but. So the photography started in high school. I had a, um, well, I always loved, um, taking pictures when, even when I was really little, I, you know, I had a little point and shoot camera and I just kind of thought it was cool, but it, the, the passion, so to speak, really didn't start until high school. Um, I took a photography class. I think I was in like 10th grade and, um, the, I was fortunate enough that the, the teacher was, was awesome. And he, the way he talked about photography, you know, about telling a story and capturing these moments, um, to be able to look back on or, or, um, you know, or just to be, be out there and just enjoy learning a craft or a trade, um, was intriguing. And so I, I started to get really into it in high school. Um, okay. and I thought about, yeah, so, well, to keep going with the high school thing, you know, I ended up finding that I was spending like all my time in the dark room, you know? So, so even after school, I would stay, I would stay after school and just, um, you know, make pictures and, and, and print and try to do really cool stuff, uh, and learn as much as I could. Um, and then, you know, when I was doing the fly fishing, especially on the weekends or after school, you know, then I kind of would tote a camera around with me and the two worlds just slowly started to merge together. Um, and, and yeah, so then after, after high school, I actually, I went to school for it for a little bit, but it was everything that I was seeing and that they wanted me to learn was about, you know, fashion photography and, and, you know, real commercial photography. And I, I wasn't, that wasn't what I wanted to do. So right. that was short lived. Um, not, not the storytelling and the yeah craft and stuff. Did your parents encourage you as well? Or was it just this teacher or, or, um, um it was more just that teacher. Um, Yeah. It was really, he's the one that really was the inspiration to, to, to keep going with it. And again, it was really just because the way he talked about it and presented it was just, 
it was like this whole other world again, kind of like the fly fishing. And so I, I don't have a huge amount of influences in the photography world. I think if I did, I may have pushed a little bit harder in those years, you know, right. so I'm 40 now. So, you know, obviously it's, I've been doing this for a while. Um, but yeah, yeah, he was, he was the, uh, you know, the first one to, to show it, to show me that world. Well, we talked about it a little bit earlier before the, before the show started, but like, you know, it's cool to have going back, going back to that thing that you had just a small seed as a child, you know, you said, it's just like me. Like I like to draw, I was drawing as a kid and, and mm-hmm. the outdoors and fish and you get that taste. It's cool to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to pursue that. And a lot of people, myself included, I think get a lot of joy from that progress of, okay, I've, I've had this career. I'm doing this other thing. Like you're a firefighter, but it doesn't mean I can't pursue this art or this craft, the craft part that you said your teacher brought up, I think is really um, relevant to, you know, progressing, getting better, working, solving problems. It's a lot of things about fly fishing that I enjoy as well. And I just got to say you're the way that you, your photography, the storytelling, if that's what you're after, you're doing it, man. Like the, yeah, the motion and like the, um, yeah, the, the action, the motion, it's very, I really, you, you make people feel like they're there. So can you I talk a little it. bit about, oh yeah, no problem, man. I mean, it's, it's tip top real quick before, I mean, we're going to talk about this later, but how can people see your photography? So I would say the best way at, at this point is, um, I put it on my Instagram, uh, the angler's lens. So that's the, uh, that's the best way to see it right now. I'm working on putting a, a website together and there's a couple of things that I I would like to do, um, some other platforms to, to get my work out there. But honestly, like, again, I focus so much on just on doing Yeah the photography that sometimes I, I forget, well, maybe you should get this uh, website going or maybe you should. Yeah. But my wife reminds me sometimes, which is good. That's she's, great. That's awesome. True. My wife is very supportive of everything I'm doing and I think it makes a huge difference. Oh me. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, she's like, you know, she, we, I'd like to think we compliment one another. And sometimes when I'm going sideways, she kind of like pulls me back in a little bit, Got you it. know, keeps me focused so same here brother appreciate it good for you yeah um all right well let's talk about photography more if you don't mind i'm fascinated with how you get the shot like you're underwater are you out of the boat are you laying down in the river i mean what are you doing to do this stuff so i guess the short answer is yes um it's really whatever it's going to take and now sometimes i go into these you know i don't let's just say projects um, with an idea of what I want to do. And yeah. sometimes limitations say, yeah, no, you're not going to do that. You know, and, and it seems to be the case, you know, if I want to get this, this tailing fish, it's like you go out and all of a sudden when every single wind app says it's going to, you know, there's going to be no wind, it's all of a sudden it's going to blow 20. So you have to be able to just adapt, you know, and just change it up. And I think I've gotten a lot of uh, schooling in that realm with being a fireman where you just everything you thought was just about to happen is not going to happen and you better figure it out and you better figure it out quick. And with fly fishing, especially photography, 
it's sort of the same. This you have to have the same mindset because these are are, are fleeting moments, right? So right. like you have to be able to make a quick decision about what gear you're going to use, what what speed you're going to shoot at, you know, what what your ISO setting is. You have to be able to do it quickly because you're not you're not sitting um, in a controlled environment. You know, you have to be able to just change it up, abandon your plan, and just make a new plan really quickly if you want to get that shot. All right. So let me ask you this. Do you think it's important to have a plan to begin with? Because I don't know, in my old line of work, this was, I always said that, you know, have a plan, have a plan B, but realize you might be not be doing either of them. But I feel like if you have a plan kind of walk you through in your brain, you're like, you're practicing and thinking about it. I don't know if you do that or you just get out there and say, you know what, I'm just, I'm in here and go with the flow. Well, so I guess, I guess I do both. Um, there are times where I have I have a, a vision, I guess, of like a shot that I think might might be a great shot, and I want to go out and try to capture that. Um, but that being said, I also understand that in that world, you don't always get that opportunity. So I think it's I definitely think it's good to have a vision of of what you're what you're trying to do. Um, like the story. That's like. So are you? This is the, you said a tailing shot or you're, you've got an idea of the story you want to tell maybe, or. Yeah. So if, if, you know, it could be a story of, you know, the people behind, behind this. Right. So if I'm going out and fly fishing with like Paul Dixon out in, in Montauk, I might want to tell the story of, you know, this remarkable guide who's like a pioneer and kind of show from getting out onto the boat in the morning and like, you know, seeing the, the dew on the side of the boat to, you know, that to the, the, the final shot of like that epic blitz or that, that rod spooling. But for me, it's like, you know, a good friend of mine says every fly fishing trip is really just 20 minutes of glory, you know, because it's like you go out there and, um, you know, you, you put so much time and energy into like making, even if it's just a day of fly fishing, right? There's this huge amount of prep involved. Yeah. And the fish catching the fish is like, you know, maybe for some people that's, that's everything. But to me that that's like one, that's one part of the whole bigger picture. So I, I kind of, I try to capture the bigger picture. Cause for me, you know, when I'm up like in the Catskills and, and, with a couple of my buddies and and we're fishing for a few days. I mean, some of the best parts of those trips uh, and the parts that I remember sometimes don't even have a fish involved. You know, it's that it's getting up in the morning and, and drinking coffees with your buddies and bullshitting about what you're, what you're going to do that day and, and how you're going to fish or where you're going to fish and getting down to the river with a headlamp on. And to me, that's exciting. You know, like when I see some of those photos from other photographers, it gets me pumped, you know, like the grip and grin, so to speak photo, like the hero shot. I mean, those are cool. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome to see someone with a big fish, right? but it's certainly to me, not giving me an idea of what was involved. I want to see all the other aspects of, of, you know, I guess what's involved in, in, in doing this stuff and focusing on some of these other pretty amazing moments as they happen and shooting through the situation 
rather than just waiting for that one. Well, I wanted this picture of this, you know, huge brown that, that, you know, we got mousing at night. Like, right. You know. But maybe that's not what happened. So that's not the story, right? Exactly. So and I don't want to, I don't want to let my ideas limit me from, and I've done it. I mean, I've done it in the past where it's like, I've missed opportunities to take some great photos um, because I was so focused and a tunnel vision was like, well, I'm waiting for this to happen. Yeah. And it's like, you just keep waiting for this to happen when all this other stuff is happening around you. But it's almost like you can't even notice it because you're just thinking about, yeah, but I'm supposed to do this. And like the whole world is telling you, you're not going to do that today. Stop thinking about that because it's not going to happen. Just <laughs> go with what is happening. And, you know, sometimes you're pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I'd like to keep talking about that a little bit. I had another photographer on the show uh, from Colorado, Rob Herman. And mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that he brought up because I asked him and I'll ask you, I guess, but for somebody who's, you know, I don't, I take, I've, everybody's got a, a camera, pretty decent camera in their phone, right? Sure. But I'm not out on the river with the type of equipment that you probably have or that you have for sure. So what some uh, tips or advice you would give to somebody that wants to, you know, capture that experience. And that, and I asked him for, that wants to take pictures when they go fly fishing and his kind of thing. And it sounds like what you're saying is the experience, you know, don't just be focused on catching that big fish and taking a picture of it. You can really capture the experience with your friends and those other things. If you, if you're not as worried and take some more photos of, of other stuff that's going on. And I think that's, I've definitely found that, you know, just taking some time to, man, that river is beautiful or like close up shot of this flower or whatever. And it's going to trigger that, that trip in your brain, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes the, again, the best parts of certain trips might be something that you weren't even expecting or would never think would be, would make you remember that trip. You know, it could be, it could be the, the, the place you stayed, a cabin you stayed in or, or, a fire you were sitting outside of the night before, you know, or it could have been the drive up, you know, with, 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 you know, or meeting new people. And, you know, um, is that one of the things about fly fishing that you really like is the aspect of camaraderie or going with your friends and that type of thing? Do you prefer that to going by yourself or is it? So, you know, I would say up until I really, um, well, up until about the past two years, I'd say, I pretty much just fly fished by myself and it wasn't because I didn't want to fish with anyone. It's just, I wanted to go fishing and you know, I'm not going to wait for obviously for somebody else to, uh, to be available to come with me. Um, but I certainly love the, the aspect of, of fishing with, with some of your best friends, you know, or, and, and meeting new people through fly fishing. I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, have met so many great people, um, that have influenced me, uh, you know, through fly fishing. And I mean, I've, there's, it's just given me so much more than I think I could ever give back to it. You know, the relationships I've made, the the experiences that that I've had out on the water. Um, yeah, it's just, it's incredible when you stop and sometimes you don't even realize it, you know, like you think, I think about some of the people that I, that I'm great friends with now 
And then I have to think about how, well, wait a second. I'm, I met this guy, you know, a couple of years ago because we met on the river and then, you know, we've been like best buddies kind of for the past few years. And, right. you know, all these things that, that fly fishing delivers to you that you might not, it, it's, it's not a fish. There's no fish involved, you know, mm-hmm. again. Um, but as far as going back to the, the, um, you know, the advice for taking photographs, I would, I would say if you, if you, if you don't know what, you know, you don't have a vision of, well, I want to get this shot or, you know, um, I would just, don't be afraid to just, to just snap photos. Kind of like what you said, you know, snap photos in any situation. Um, you know, maybe not be the guy that's standing there with a camera in everybody's face every and taking a picture every two seconds. Right. But certainly don't be don't be shy to take photos. I mean, it's not like we're shooting. Most guys aren't shooting film anymore. So you could just delete them if, if they're all garbage or you don't like them rather. That's you true. Know, yeah. You, you know, you have nothing to lose, but you have a lot to gain because some of the some of the photos that that I think are some of my best or people have said that they really like. Um, I don't want to say they happened accidentally because I think, um, you know, preparation kind of has to meet opportunity in some of these situations, but they certainly weren't planned, you know? Right. I feel like when I look at your work that I can, I can almost see what you're saying. Like he obviously put himself in a place where he was going to be able to, to capture this in, in a way that he does. But at the same time, I can see how it happened sort of, spur of the moment sort of i don't know if that makes sense but it it's i can tell i feel like i'm out on the river with you and you know that's, that's good it, to hear <laughs> good stuff what are some of the, the 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 photographs that you're talking about some of the the better ones or or what do you when you look at a photo what do you think what do you look at without judging yourself what do you say i'm really pleased with this well you know i like Recently, I think it's a lot of the the Albi shots, you know, and that to me is like a fish that is as much as some people think they're predictable. They always surprise me. A false albacore. A false albacore. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, they're just they're just such a cool fish and they're just they're just so fast. Right. That like you just even obviously trying to fish for them, you know, you get a quick shot and to try to get a photo um a really uh, a great photo um it takes it takes a lot of it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of shots um and those fish are always having me like second guessing um everything from like am i in the right spot to do i even know what the hell i'm doing because you just you know you do mess up you do you do you get this one quick shot and then it's like, oh shit, you know, this setting needs to be tweaked just a little bit and you might not get that, that other shot, um, or that other opportunity. But again, that's going to make you, that's going to make you that much better because you're not going to forget that, right? Like we learn so much more from our, we don't learn anything from our successes. What do we learn from our successes? You know, we learn everything from when we mess up, you know, you mess up and you, you, you adapt, you change it and you don't make that mistake again. You evolve to be better. So the more mistakes I make, the better I get. So I maybe t- I'm just someone who's made a lot of mistakes I, if people like my photos. I totally agree. I mean, I even tell my son, you know, why are why is it good to make mistakes? That's how we learn, you know? Like 
I've got yeah. him. I wouldn't say trained, but like I, I want him to understand that. Like, and I agree with you. I think that you do learn a lot from making mistakes, and you don't make mistakes unless you get in the water, take some photos. Yeah, and you got to put yourself out there. And you know, a lot of times we put these limitations on ourselves, where it's like, well, I can't take a photo like that, or I can't catch a fish like that. Well, why not? Right. I mean, yes, you can. You know, I've got a. Yeah. I've got a blog post that I'm about to write and it's going to be a lot about that. It's going to be about confidence. Confidence catches fish. And it took me a while time. I mean, time on the river or time fly fishing to where I got that confidence. But I realized that if I had had that earlier, I think I would have caught more fish because it's just all these little decisions that you make where maybe second guess yourself. I'm not going to change flies. It just must be a a, a crappy cast or, Mm. This, there's just um, the fish are here, but I just can't catch them. Where if you have confidence, you're like, no, this is maybe not a good spot. Maybe I need to move, you know, and you start, you keep making more of these micro decisions because you believe in yourself. And then I think it leads to more successes in the end. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you just, you know, you make that mistake and you adapt, you know, if you're, if you're, if I'm trout fishing, I mean, there's been so many times where I see a rising a rising, you know, brown trout, and I, I put what I think it's it's taking, and I put it past it, and sure enough, I mean, everyone's done that, right? Where you go through half your fly box, but like, are you going to say, well, I'm just I'm just going to stop and not try to catch this fish? No, you're going to keep changing sizes, and like, all right, maybe there's something, you know, maybe right. there's something on the water that it's taking that I'm just not seeing, and and you go through the whole box, but then when you get that fish it makes it that much better because it was hard. You know, you had to change, you had to adapt and you, you had to, and you had to win, you know, that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you on the podcast. And I don't know how, how this is possible, but I can tell from your photography that there's a lot of grit and hard work that goes into it. And Mm -hmm. it's a lot of what I, what I believe in and what I try to promote at weight out there is the journey, the making the progress, like putting in the time, you know, making the drive when you don't live down the road from the river, like doing the things that you got to do if you want to get better and progress. And I can just see it in the, in the way that you, in the photographs that you take, there's like a grit to it. Do you try to do that? Are you, is there a motif or is there a, (laughs) a theme that you're trying to, to get to, or besides the story, do you have like a, this is the feeling I'm trying to give? I mean, I don't know if you're that artistic yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and and I want to, I I try to tell the story of and 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 show the feeling of that moment, have that re- reflect in 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 the photo. You know, if it's a cold, windy, chilly morning, and you know, um, party is miserable being out there. I want that to show in in the image. You know, I want someone to to feel that when they look at the photo and also give them that feeling almost like, yeah, I'm, I, I know exactly what that feels like. Yes. You know? And that makes them want to go do it. That's what I that's what I think, too. Yeah. They see a photograph like that or they they see a painting. It's one of the reasons I got into the art and, and put it out with the fly fishing is because I, th- I think it brings people back to that moment and it motivates them. That's right. cool. I remember that time. I need to take my son out or I need to go back to the the water with my friends like you're talking about. 
Yeah. And, and I'm also someone that, um, I guess like falls into that. Even when I look at certain photographs, there's certain pictures that I can look at and I don't feel anything. And then I come across other photos and it's subjective. Like not everyone's going to feel the same way when they look at the same thing. For sure. But there's definitely some photos that I, I look at and I stop and like, it just gets me pumped. It like almost like the adrenaline starts pumping. Yeah. And I, and I start thinking about like, you know, being in that same place, or I remember a similar place that I was in that this photo reminded me of. And, um, you know, I guess that's kind of what, that's what I'm trying to achieve is, is to, is to tell that through an image. And, you know, sometimes it comes, sometimes it goes the other way. Like you mentioned that a, a lot of my stuff can kind of have this like grittiness to it. And I think that's just because recently those are sort of the conditions I've been uh, putting myself into. I hope you took that as a compliment. I think it's awesome. I think. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I did. Um, especially because that's what I, I was going for. So, <laughs> okay, good. so yeah, yeah. No, definitely I do. Um, we didn't talk about this ahead of time. That is truly what I felt. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I, I trust me. I appreciate it. You know, for me, I think, you know, it's, it's great to hear a compliment. Um, sometimes I'm kind of like, I mean, I think my stuff is, is, is pretty good, you know, but I'm not really worried about that. I'm just worried about, well, how can I get better? And like, I'm looking at other photographers that are out there and, and looking at their stuff and, and, and I'm blown away. And I'm like, well, not that I want to duplicate that, but sometimes it inspires you to like, well, I really, I really like that style. Like, you know, right. I was, that's the kind of image I was going for. And what's cool is that there's no rules, you know, you can, if you want to go out and, and, and get a photograph or try to get a photograph of, you know, uh, a trout, like gently sipping a fly, then, you know, that's kind of where you got to have that preparation, have a real plan and and you got to sit there and make sure you're in the right spot at the right time. But, um, you know, you want to do everything you can and consider everything, consider the lighting, look at, think outside of the box, like look at the bigger picture, look at what is the sun doing? What's the wind doing, you know, and, and just go out there and make that happen. And what's cool is that if you, if you, if you make it happen the first time, then, then that's, that's great. I don't always make it happen the first time, but again, then you learn something from it and you start to pick apart your, your, your work and your images and, and, you start to find faults in it to the point where you create change and the more change that you create, eventually, hopefully you hit the mark. You yeah. Know? Change is good. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you see common threads or we're talking about the progress and the making mistakes in photography? Is it, is that something that you enjoy about fly fishing as well? It's certainly something that I talk about a lot at weight out there, but, um, do you like the two things for that similar reason or is it a different thing for you with fly fishing? Um, yeah, I suppose, you know, with fly fishing, it's, it's kind of, again, like almost like an escape, like getting, I don't want to say an escape. It's, <laughs> I don't use that word either. Yeah. yeah it, Cause it's not an escape. It's, it's just an, it's more of an addition, right? It, it's like, it's exactly like, and I don't, if it's an escape for someone, that's fine. But for me, it's more about being present. Like I'm not, escaping. Yeah. I'm here. And it, the thing I like is I'm focused. I'm, I'm in it. My brain is like hundred percent doing this. Yeah. 
I mean, and I guess some people might say escape because you you're not it's not like you're blocking everything else out. It's just you're not thinking about anything else because right. you're in that moment and you're, you know, right now all your your attention and your feeling and emotion is attached to that moment, whether it's like a good feeling or you're about to s- smack your rod against a tree because you're so frustrated. <laughs> yeah. But it's certainly producing some kind of emotion. You know? For sure. And I, I, I understand the idea of escape and getting away. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I just, when I use the word escape, I think it makes me think that I'm not there, which is not exactly what my personal experience, but right. It's just semantic, and it's just the opposite. semantics probably, you know? Yeah. Like we're, we, that's, that is that we are, we're not escaping. We're going there and we're, we're purposefully and sometimes aggressively going there. Um, yeah. but it, it definitely, um, you know, it just, I, I guess I don't even have the words to, to really describe it. I don't know if anybody does, but the feeling that I get when I'm fly fishing is it's n- nothing else I've ever done really duplicates it. Um, and just being in those environments. Um, and I feel like I'm like, a part of that world when I'm fly fishing, you know, and it's, I'm not just observing it. I'm not just looking at it, but I'm interacting with it and I'm kind of in it. Um, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a great feeling. For Uh, sure. Yeah. I agree, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to incorporate the two things. We, we kind of left off with you in high school and then a little bit of um, pursuit of photography. And then somewhere in there, you became a firefighter. Did you, when did you go back to photography or was it, has it always been a hobby and now you're taking it to the next level or? Yeah. Yeah. So it's always, it's always been a hobby. And then, you know, after I became a firefighter, um, I'm sure most people know a lot of firefighters, they have, they have a, a, a second job. Right. So, I mean, I know it's funny because my wife teases me, and she says, you always say, you know, a guy, because anytime someone's like, oh, do you know a plumber? We have at least, you know, 10 guys that are plumbers. Do you know an electrician? We've got guys that are, you know, this guy's a lawyer. This guy's this and that. And I, I always said, you know, I, I busted my ass to to become a fireman. And again, learned through a lot of failures and got, a, you know, several rejections. But you just you keep your head down and keep going straight and you until you are there. And I always said, you know, if I get, if I do become a fireman and I do do any work on the side, it's going to be something I love. I used to work in shipyards, um, which was great, but it's, it's tough, you know, it's tough work. And I always said, if I become a firefighter, I'm going to pursue photography as, as a, you know, more of as a business, as long as I can do it without becoming too absorbed in the business side of it, you know, I would love to to have it. You don't want it to be work. You don't want it to be, you no, still want of course it to be what you love. Yeah, I get it. Right. But you know, also monetizing some of this in some ways, I hate the business end of it, you know, trying to sell a photo or reach out to a company or get my stuff in front of the right person. But the other side of it is cool because now if you have a little bit of money coming in, it also allows you to buy some new stuff, some new gear, because I mean, I want to do some really cool things, but right. it's like, not everybody 
can just go spend, you know, right. $8,000 on, you know, a camera, a lens and underwater housing. I mean, this, you know, this right. stuff's expensive. I have a similar take on what I'm doing where I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be a burden on my family. I don't want to take away from my quality of life, but sure. I want to pursue this similar kind of thing where, you know, it progresses. The other thing with the, with the business side of it, like you're talking about, I don't know if you feel this way, but that's just, an, that's another part of the progress that I like. I like learning, making mistakes. And, and that part of it for me is something that I like, but. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, again, to me, like the, the, the business end, um, it's not something I'm, I, I've, I'm super familiar with or com- coming into it. You know, I didn't have a background in, 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 in business, um, certainly not photography business. And you learn a lot. I mean, I've learned so much just in the past year about the industry and, you I know, bet. Just, I bet. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's definitely not easy. And to the, to the people that are out there, um, that make a living, a legitimate living as a photographer, I just, I'm in awe, you know, because <laughs> Yeah. You know, I know because I know what it took for them to get there or I'm having I have a sense of what it took for them to get starting there. to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Like people see people see this photo. Right. But they don't see they don't see. Well, you know, I I didn't see my family for three days. I slept in my car in Montauk. You know, I've been eating out of gas stations for, you know, and to some people, they might say, oh, well, you know, that's no big deal for me. You know, sometimes it's. You, you put a lot of work into it. And, and I think that's what starts to set people apart with anything is like, well, how, how far are you willing to go? How bad do you want this? You know, well, some guys, you know, I'm not sleeping in my car. Well, if I want to get there and I want to be there and, you know, you right. want to be in that spot at that time, if you want that shot, you better get a wetsuit and underwater housing and get in the damn water. Otherwise, you're not, you know, you're not going to be great. So it's how far, how far are you willing to go? How dedicated are you to this? Um, and, and that's another thing I love about it. It's like, sometimes you, you're in places that not everybody wants to be in or that they wouldn't go to, you know? Um, and yeah. And then again, you meet like-minded people and, uh, and then you realize, well, I'm not the only crazy guy out there. Look, there's, there's two other people out here. That's a great point. Yeah. I do enjoy meeting folks like that. You know, folks like you, I'm having a great time talking to you. I'm just about yeah, no, all these things and it's definitely like-mindedness is for sure. But, um, yeah. oh, that's great, man. Is there a place, um, is there anything else? I was going to change, change topics a little bit and get into some of the places that you fish and, and some of that, but is there anything else that you want to talk about with photography or, um, about your photography or the angles you use, or you just mentioned getting in the water. Is that something that you do a lot or? Um, yeah. So, so I do it. I definitely do it a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I ended up getting an underwater housing for my camera um, a while back, a couple of years ago. And which was like kind of a game changer, you know, and now it allowed me to get a different perspective. Um, are those expensive? They, yeah, so they can be. Um, I mean, there's, there, there's, there's definitely the price range varies, you know, okay. but I mean, you're probably, 
you're probably looking at like 1500 bucks. So it may not bankrupt you, but you know, you yeah. probably have to, you know, have it, have an idea of what you want and put some money away or maybe you don't, maybe you have that in your, in your pocket right now. I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't. So, you know, I had to make sure, all right, this is like, yeah, this is a good move. I want to, I really want to do this. It was going to be a return on investment here. Yeah. I mean, that's, you you hope. hope. Or listen, at the end of the day, you know, when I'm wheeling myself around in a wheelchair one day at 90 years old, hopefully at least you'll have some pretty cool photos to look back on. You will definitely have that, James. You will have some (laughs) pretty cool photos to look back. Your family was going to be like, Man, grandpa did a lot of cool stuff for sure. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, and that's another part of it. You know, I have a I have a one and a half year old. Um, and it's you know, I can't wait to to introduce him to this world. Um, you know, the world of of fly fishing and photography or just that natural world, you know, that a lot of people don't have any connection with. So I'm definitely really uh excited for that. Good but, for you. Um, Congratulations, by the way, and I think that's Thank you. that's pretty that's a cool thing that you got planned, and uh, I yeah, think it, it's a good skill set. It's a good tool for for people to have, for young people to have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of like we we have these, you know, we have our society and our day to day life, but like, you know, the constant world that we're in, the natural world, when we're out doing these things that we love you know, it's a pretty powerful thing and I think it can help in all aspects of your life. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see, hopefully as an interest, but if not, then we'll figure something else out. Yeah. That's a good point. Not everybody likes everything that I like. So maybe my yeah. kids are like, I don't want to go fish and pop. I want to play music. Yeah. So. There you go. But have something, you know, find, have, have a, everybody's got a passion for something, or at least yeah. I think they do and just do it, you know, put the work um, in. Yeah. But yeah, going back, sorry if I got on a tangent, oh. but going back to oh, sorry. that's great. Like getting in the water. Um, you know, it it's I I enjoy doing it. I like being, I feel comfortable in the water. Um and I'm thinking, well, obviously these fish live in the water. So what am I doing only taking photos, you know, in a spot <laughs> where they don't want to be? You're you know? a true artist, James. You're a true <laughs> artist. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good that's a good thought. But so, yeah, so I'm like, all right, well, what do I need to do to to kind of get more into 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 their world? All right. Well, you know, logistically or, or um, you know, gear wise, this is this is what I need to make this happen. And, and I mean, at, at some point, I think in the beginning, it's like you don't you don't have to know everything. You just <laughs> have to have that desire to want to do it. So, like, I didn't plan on necessarily getting in the water. I'm like, well, I'll just you know, I could put the camera into the water and, and that, I've gotten some cool shots doing that. And then I realized I kind of need to be in the water on some of these, especially like I was, I was fishing with some surf casters. Um, I think it was this summer, or last summer. And I just kept taking all these shots and it's pouring rain and the wind's kind of up. And I'm like, just not getting anything that, it, that looks good. Not satisfied. So I just went and I, 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 I had, I had waders on, but I, I always keep a wetsuit in the car. So I was like, I, I took a break. I said, I'll be right back. And I went and got a wetsuit on next to your and, surfboard. Yeah. <laughs> and these guys are like, are you getting in the water? I'm like, I, yeah, man, I gotta get, the, I gotta take these pictures. I'm not out here to mess around. So, you know, yes. and it was cool. Cause these guys were like these diehard guys. I mean, they're like, what the fuck is this idiot doing? But, you know, 
and that's the other thing is like you got to you, you want to be in this in the situation, but you don't want to be a part of like if you and I are out, I almost don't want you to know that I'm there. You know, I don't want to I don't want to advise you. I don't want to inhibit you. And I certainly you know, I don't want to get in your way at all. So and I'm not, you're not taking a lot of pictures of me looking at the camera smiling. No, I mean, listen, will I do that? Yeah. If, if it's like the time, you know, like, Hey, let's just snap a shot, but I'm certainly not going out there, you know, saying, Hey, can you do this? Or can you do that? And I, obviously me being a fisherman, I know, I think I know those boundaries of like, all right, let me not get in this person's way. Right. And that's where some more of the specialized gear comes into also like, all right, if I get a longer lens, you know, if I have a 500 millimeter lens, I can be further away and still get that shot. Oh, so, yeah. you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I never and, and, thought about that. The kind of like people fishing like to be alone. You don't want to, you don't want to intrude on them for the kind of the, the etiquette part, but then also for the photography part, you don't want it to, you want it to seem natural. Yeah, of course. And, and I'm also not, I'm not going out and taking pictures of like random people. I'm not go- showing up to a river and just like <laughs> standing like a right. yeah. hundred yards away from some guy, like taking his photo, like some kind of weirdo. Right. Um, so it's always, you know, orchestrated with people I know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, again, you don't, you don't want to, you know, you want to be a part of it. Just like when you're out fly fishing, you know, you don't want to, you don't, you kind of want to be in involved in the in the the situation rather than you know be this clunky like thing that just walked in and is is kind of like all eyes are on um so yeah i try i try to find a balance between trying to get the shot but um you know staying the hell away you know i understand is there is there i'm going to change topics a little bit i still want to keep it on photography and stuff but is there a place a river or a, a, a water that you enjoy or prefer to either fish or to, fi- to, to photograph that you want to talk about, like a, a stream or a place that we can discuss? Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's a bunch of fisheries that I, that I, I love to, um, to work in um, the upper Delaware up in the Catskills there is uh, I mean, to me, it's like, it's just unbelievable. So, um, I'm sorry, but when I'm not super familiar, but are the Catskills, the upper Delaware is part of the Catskills. It, it goes, it goes through the Catskills. So Catskills is an area. It's not, the, a, yeah, I'm sorry. So the Cats, Catskill mountain range. Um, got it. Yeah. So, but there's, um, there's a great river. Well, there's a, there's a, several really great rivers up there, but um, I started going up to the, the East branch and the West branch of the upper Delaware, um, you know, when I was younger. So I guess maybe part of it is like nostalgic or or whatnot, but it's just, it's an amazing fishery. I mean, some of the the best memories I have are are evenings on that river during really any hatch, but like a a sulfur hatch and, and just everything's just so quiet and everything turns gold. And it's just, you know, you'd almost you'd want to just pull out your cell phone and take a photo if you were there just because you want to kind of remember that moment or, or have a photo to look back on in that moment rather. Right. And so, I mean, I just, I love being up there. Um, 
for, for nostalgia a little bit too. And then also good fishing, I guess. It's great fishing. It's a very, I think it's a very technical river. I think uh, you're going to learn a lot because the fish, um, I, I have found that they're selective. You know, you have to kind of do everything right. There's seldom, seldomly do, have I ever had days where it, it's like just nonstop, sort of like one fish after the other. Right. I mean, it does happen, but typically it's like you really have to be on, on your game. Um, and it's challenging, you know, so, which I, I enjoy. Um, oh, yeah, I understand. What species so, up there? Um, brown trout and rainbow trout. Okay. Yeah, so, and and it's cool. I mean, I, I kind of just started getting into in the past few years. I started hooking up with uh, some people that, that do the mousing at night. And that is like I've a heard whole about other world, man. Like there's some guys that are like, yeah, I stopped fishing during the day five years ago, 10 <laughs> years ago. I'm like, who are these? What the hell are you doing out here? Yeah. You know, and I actually met one of the guys because I was getting on the river. Um, is, is that a big thing on the upper Delaware? Cause you're not the first person I've heard talk about mousing specifically on that river. And I've always thought of mousing. It's big in the Ozarks on the white river, mm-hmm. things like that. But I didn't realize it was, I've heard about it a lot now on the upper Delaware. So, so is it a big thing? I, I want to say no, but some guys might um, throw rocks at me if I say that, because it, sh- it, it, it could be right. in my experience. I was just exposed to it in recent years. Um, most of the guys that I know, including guys that have been fishing there for, you know, 30 years, don't do a lot of it. So I don't necessarily think, I don't think it's a new thing. I just think that there's, there's not as many people that do it. And, you know, I mean, it's gotta be tough too, probably. Yeah. You know, I went, I went, I went out the first, I remember the first time um, I did it, I, I didn't catch anything, but I, and I still had a blast, but I went out with this guy and, he's kind of like showing me the ropes and he's like, all right, you know, everything's by feel. So that's the other thing. Like it really forces you to, you know, like your other senses have to be kind of on point. So you feel, you know, you know that that line laid out behind you because you feel it in the rod. And like, we take these things for granted when we can visually kind of see it. And we don't realize like most of this stuff is actually on feel because I didn't have a terribly difficult time casting. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And like if, if you have, if you don't have a lot of cloud coverage, you're going to have a brighter, you know, and you have like somewhat of a fuller moon, you're going to have a decent amount of, of ambient light to, to kind of be able to see what you're doing. But this night it was all overcast. So like there was no, there was really no light to be found. So everything was on feel and like walking all of a sudden, it's like your first time on a river again. It's like every step you're like, Oh shit. You know, Am I about to go on a drop off? And this particular spot, um, I had never even been there before. So I I definitely didn't know uh, the river bottom very well. But um, it it, it was just so cool because, you know, you get this you get this mouse, right? Like right as close as you can to the bank. And typically and again, I'm not an expert in it. And so I don't want anybody to think that I'm I'm preaching about how to do this stuff. Um, More of an expert than me, man. Well, you know, I just like, I just like, you know, trying all aspects of, of fly fishing. Um, I understand. 
but yeah, and you just get these, you just get these, these, these huge blowups and a lot of these fish that feel the bigger fish that feel a lot more comfortable coming out at night, they kind of let their guard down and they loosen up and they just really, they really hit hard on, on some of these top water um, patterns. So that was like, that was awesome. I would, that's something that I think this summer I'm really going to try to, to try to photograph. Although again, getting into that, not wanting to be intrusive. It's like, well, it's going to be a challenge at night. It's going to be a challenge. Like, so, you know, it's a constant struggle with, you know, photography between, you know, light and and shutter speed. And so you only, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to just, all right, there's a flash that's about to go off and blind you and then screw up night vision for the rest of you. Like you can't do Uh, that. I'm excited to see these. Yeah. That's going to be cool. I'm I'm trying to figure some stuff out and I want to, I want to sort of, you know, do a cool project up there with the, the, the mousing. I'm confident um, that you will figure it out. Yeah. Just as long as, you know, obviously I also want to respect everybody's, you know, I guess I want to say home waters, you know, like that's one thing that I'm big on is not um, going out there with my photos and trying to tell people like, Oh, look at this really cool spot. Let me tell everybody where it is. And yeah, one, I, you know, I have a lot of friends that are guides and stuff and I know social media has really impacted them with, um, you know, if, if, if they have a client that's paying them um, to go to a certain spot and let's say they've been going there for, you know, 20 years. And then all of a sudden somebody, you know, drops a pin there and posts on, on every social media platform imaginable, like this is where you go and this is how you fish it. And now the guy goes in with his guy with, with his client. And this is again, his livelihood. Right. Um, and there's 20 other people there. Like, you know, that's definitely not something I'm trying to, uh, to, you know, to do. Um, but yeah, so, so that with that being said, I'm still going to try to get into some of these really cool spots with some people that are good at it and see if I can't tell the story of it. I think you can, it's going to be awesome. As one of my questions was going to be, if you're going on the upper Delaware, uh, and ask this to a lot of people, but if you had to pick two days, two rigs and two setups, like what kind of fishing would you do? Is one of them mousing? One of them? Uh, or what is it? Is it? Is there, do I want to catch fish, or do I want to? <laughs> your call. It's the open-ended question. Two days. So I, you had to so pick two specific days, though, and you're going out. And what what rod and flies are you using to catch fish? So I guess I would, I would probably bring. Hmm. You know, I love dry fly fishing. I would want to have a dry fly set up. Um, my go-to is is usually either an iso or a caddis usually caddis I, I do pretty well with maybe i just fish them better than i fish other patterns um and then it's tough because i mean i love swinging streamers but probably i would probably have a dry fly rod set up and i'd probably have a nymphing rod set up is there a um, time of year where you're where you're more like i i really like going for dry fly fishing in the fall for the this hatch or whatever well, I love I love fishing in the fall on the Upper Delaware. Sorry, on the Upper Delaware. Yeah, I love fishing in the fall um, because more so. I mean, the fishing the fishing is is, is great in the fall. It's phenomenal. Right. But I just love you know all the leaves are starting to turn. The air is cold. You know, it's crisp. It's um, it's just such a cool place to be in the fall. Um, but then, so I would probably say one day during the fall, and then. 
although some people might say it might not be the best time to fish that fishery, a lot of people say June. I really like those like late August days where it's just, it's real hot, but then usually at that, in that nautical twilight time. So like the sun's just set, but you still have that light. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of, that time, usually you get a, a fairly decent hatch and, and the fishing can just be unbelievable. So I would say dries in, in, you know, in August in the evenings and I suppose nymphing or swinging streamers in the fall, um, on that river, but I'm a sucker for the fall. I mean, I just love it. You yeah. Know, I love the fall. About it. It's just, I like that temperature. Um, you know, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. And do you tie flies of, at all? Um, I I do a little bit. I tie streamers. I I started to get into streamers. Flies. Hard to me. Yeah. So, so I don't. Streamers I don't tie. <laughs> so streamers for me, and I don't think it has anything to do with you know. There's some streamers out there that I certainly wouldn't be able to tie. So it's not necessarily the difficulty level, but. I, I like tying streamers. And again, going back to what we said, I think if you enjoy doing something and you do it enough, you're going to be good at it. Yeah. I just, I like tying streamers, so I would do it more. So I got, I think I got halfway decent at it. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't tie a ton, you know. Yeah. I you know, a lot. I like to do it, but I don't do a, a whole. Yeah. I wish I did more sometimes, but you only have so much time. Well, that's the thing. It's like in a perfect world, I'd, I'd have, I do all of it, you know, I do everything, but it's like, now you have to pick and choose, you know, when you're doing one thing, you're not doing something else. And again, that's even down to the photography and stuff. It's like, you see a photo, but it's like, well, what other things were you not doing to be out there to do this? You know, it's like, it's a give and take. So yeah. Is there there one or two flies that a beginner could tie that would be a, be a good, thing to do on the upper Delaware? Hmm. You mentioned caddis. I mean, that's pretty basic. Yeah. I mean, and I don't want to say any of it's basic just because I'm definitely not <laughs> a fly tire and I'm not very good, but, um, You're if it was me, I, th- I think trying, uh, tying like an elk hair caddis and tying different color bodies and different sizes, like a black or a gray or, or tan, um, would be good. You know, and, and there's so many there's so many resources now with like YouTube and stuff like that. I mean, and and the other thing is you you find someone else that's good at it, you know, and right. and, and see if they if they don't mind teaching you. And, and I mean, even like down to fisheries. I mean, I have been fly fishing for 30 years. I still, um, and not surprisingly, but I still I still go out with guides all the time. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm always still learning, and I'm always still you know, part of it is like supporting these guys that are making a living right. um, doing this, but also, you know, you, you want to do anything with someone who's better than you, right. Or someone who's going to push you to be better. You don't, the best tennis player isn't going to go play tennis with like the worst one, right. He's going to play with someone better or with any sport or anything. So, yeah, I agree. Is it far from you to get to the upper Delaware? Um, well, it's definitely not around the corner. So from where I live right now, which hopefully changes soon, but, uh, it's, it's about two hours. All right. That's a two hour drive, but you know, I'm kind of like where I'm at isn't, it's not that bad. So I live 
um, on Long Island Sound. So okay. I've got that fishery. If I wanted to go out east, you know, that's probably the same thing, like an hour and a half, kind of two hours. Or if I wanted to go up to the mountains, that's about, you know, two hours. So you definitely have to, I have to drive. Um, and I've, I've gotten to the point where I don't, I don't mind it, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's not around the corner. Um, where's the upper Delaware as far as what's a, a, a bigger, a bigger town that people would know that is kind of around there. I'm not asking for your secret spot. Just, no, yeah. Hey, I, I need I, to go I, get a hotel. If, if, if you go up like 17 route 17 in New York, um, you're also going to find yourself driving along. Uh, you'll, you'll have visuals on a couple of different rivers, but, uh, you know, uh, Ros- you'll go through Roscoe. A lot of people know the Roscoe diner. I okay. think most people do. Um, I would say that's probably the best landmark. Roscoe, you know, and then you can kind of fish this upper Delaware area. Yeah, yeah. And then you can go up, you get up into like deposit and and sort of that area. And again, people that sort of live around here, they certainly would have heard of, of Roscoe. And that's why I don't mind mentioning it too, because it's not like yeah. you're not really, you're not blowing anything up by, by mentioning that. Um, but that's yeah, cool. yeah. Fair I mean, enough. that's all I was wondering. Like, I, I have no idea. So if I wanted to go fish the upper Delaware, I would have to, I don't know. I would just look on a map and find something on the. And, and that's kind of what I was going to say. And to me, that's also part of the fun. I mean, I, I've spent countless hours looking at, you know, Google maps and on satellite view and like, well, like this kind of looks like a cool stretch. Like, how, okay, where could I park? How could I get in there? And you, and you go and you explore, right. you know, it's not, you know, if you just want to get to a spot and catch a fish, then, Maybe that's maybe you're not into doing that, but I like kind of you, you know you put a sense of like expedition or kind of this explorer sense into it when adventure you don't know where the spot is and you're going in there and you're figuring it out and and maybe you'll find something and yeah you know remarkable. Is there a lot of access? Is it hard to? I think there's a fair amount. Of, there's definitely a fair amount of access points, um, public access points. And then it's, you know, how far do you want to go? Do you want to walk? I mean, there's a definitely huge sections where there's no access, which I think is kind of cool because you can get, you can decide to, you know, spend half a day and go down into these spots where right. there, there's really not, no one else out. I think know? that's awesome. Yeah. That's oh, great. yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know if that's intentional or unintentional. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of it's probably private land, but you could certainly, uh, wade down to a lot of different places and explore uh, all all the sections of that river. Um, you can drift it too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You can drift it. I've been I've been uh, floating with this guy Wayne Aldridge. Um, I want to say since I was a kid. He was like a friend of my dad's, and and he's a full time guide up there. And he, um, you know, the first time I went on a drift boat on there was with him, and it was just so cool to like go down the river and really see all these different spots. And then, you know, they just, they pull off onto the side and you'll wade for a little bit. And yeah. I mean, I strong, I'm huge, huge fan of, you know, hire a guide. If you want to learn a fishery and you've never been there, you know, hire a guide to go out they'll show you the do's and don'ts and, and they'll give yeah. you such a head start on, on becoming a decent fisherman on that fishery in that spot. Um, 
Yeah, even if it's for a half day or something. Exactly, even if it's for a half a day. Just a head up, just a, hey, you know, and then you just have a little bit. I feel like it gives you something to practice. Whereas if you don't have something to practice, what are you trying to get better at? You're trying to figure, you got to learn it all. Versus if you know what you need to know, you can practice it. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And again, these guys, I mean, they're, they're pros, right? They do this for a living. So, yeah, you know, I don't care who you are. You're, if you have a reputable guide, you're going to learn something. Before I ask you my last question, how can we talked about it a little bit before, but how can people find out more about you? Um, and what kind of projects does James Manning have on the horizon for his photography and his fly fishing? Okay. Um, yeah. So right now it's pretty much the Instagram page. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of putting a website together. It's just, you know, I always end up choosing going out and, and, and doing photos instead of like spending hours at home trying to, to create a website. So right now the Instagram thing is good. And then if I get this up and running, I'll, I'll throw a link on there, but projects, um, I've got a, a bunch of stuff coming down the pipeline. I, I was just talking to uh, fly Lords, um, magazine this morning about doing some stuff for them um my stuff pops up in on the water magazine i was just in uh in forbes in forbes life uh the american museum of fly fishing their journal just just put some of my work in there is there stuff like that that we can can i link that in the show notes too that people can look at that yeah yeah um i can send you some i can send you some of those links they should be able to find it um I just finished doing a shoot of uh, a very influential um, saltwater guide, Paul Dixon. He's like, he's like my hero when it comes to saltwater. He's guys just amazing. I'm sure anyone in the saltwater fly fishing world probably already knows him, but I was lucky enough to, um, to do some, some photos for him and the anglers journal is doing a big piece on him coming up. Um, So, you know, I did the, the photos and then, um, there's a writer, this guy, Mike Carr, he actually did the, the he did the article um, alongside the photos um, for the Angler's Journal. And him and I have kind of been throwing stuff around there about um, some projects and putting these different monthly sort of articles together, just showing kind of what we're doing, where we're fishing. Not necessarily like this is the spot, but kind of telling that story of you know, whether it's fishing with guys like Pogo Pike for, for these awesome pike or, you know, fishing for trout in the middle of winter or whatever it is that we're doing. This guy, Mike, you know, is kind of complimenting the photos with this brilliant writing. So there's going to be some stuff coming down the line from from him and I. Um, but, yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm if, if I end up you know, as I do more work, um, you know, as of right now, I'll just throw it up on the, on the Instagram page there. And if people feel like checking it out, um, I'll make sure they have a a route to do it. Awesome. The anglers lens, the anglers lens, right? That's it. Yeah. And uh, we will put, if, uh, if you're cool with it, we'll put some of those, those, uh, where people can see your work in the different magazines and stuff too, if you like. So yeah, sure. That would be, that'd be awesome. Cool. All right. My last question. You ready? Oh boy. I'm ready. It's a doozy. (laughs) Uh, All right. So if you're going out fishing and you had to choose between, I 
catch the fish of my life, the biggest or most beautiful, whatever's most important to you, the hardest to catch or whatever it is that, that fish mm. or the photograph, the, like the photograph that makes you say, man, I know I'm always trying to progress and get better, but that was, I'm really proud of that for whatever reason. Is it the, what would you, what would you choose? I would probably choose. This may change on a daily basis. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good but answer. Right now. I, I think I would choose the photograph. Um, I, I've never been the, the, the kind of person that has to be that guy. I don't have to be the, the guy who caught the biggest fish. I don't have to be the hero. Um, but I, there's something about getting that image. And again, I feel like they, it, 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 there has to be a lot of, you have to be very, very involved to get either one of those, right. That, that trophy fish or that, that amazing shot. But for me, um, just something about being able to look back at that photo and have it tell that story, uh, I think I would probably have to pick the photograph. But well, if you ask me tomorrow, I'm probably not going to say that. I'm probably going to say something. <laughs> I'm going to say the fish. Well, that's a good answer. Thanks yeah. for being on the podcast, James. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This was, uh, I was honored. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. And uh, I know people are going to enjoy your work. And it uh, sounds like some of the projects coming up, they sound super exciting to me. So I'm, I'm excited to see them. And I know other people will be too. So thanks again, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wade Out There Fly Fishing Podcast. You can learn more about some of the topics we discussed in today's episode show notes. For more fly fishing ideas, stories, and artwork, check out my blog and online gallery at wadeoutthere.com. If you want to make Wade Out There a part of your own fly fishing journey, please subscribe and share. Until next time, Wade Out There.